Hello and welcome back to Equity, the TechCrunch podcast where we unpack the numbers and the nuance behind the headlines. It is October 24th, 2022. Good morning. This is Alex and my gosh, it is good to be home. Yes, back in the home studio, back in the correct chair, all my cables plug into the right things. Ah, it's good to be back. Uh, The bad news is that my body during my two weeks on the West Coast fully adjusted to Pacific time. And now that I'm back on the East Coast and got woken up at 6.50 by my dogs, that means I woke up at 3.50, which means that I'm not ready to be a parent because I'm struggling this morning. But put all that aside, there's a lot that went on last week. There is a lot that happened over the weekend. We have so much to chat through. So put on your news cap and let's do it. Let's start with a look at the world of money. First up, stocks. Shares rallied in Europe. They fell in China, but largely rose in the rest of Asia. And they are up in pre-market trading here in the United States. What's going on? A couple of things. First up, Chinese shares are down in the wake of the Chinese Communist Party's every five-year event in which it reshuffles its leadership and reminds Chinese citizens who is actually in charge. In the wake of that event, Chinese tech stocks got destroyed today, with Tencent, Alibaba, and Baidu each down more than 10%. According to CNBC, each company reached a new 52-week low today. What's going on? Well, essentially, refreshed party leadership in China appears set to allow current premier Xi Jinping to continue his efforts to remake the country's economy and society. Naturally, markets view that a little bit dimly. Markets have a point because she cracked down on individual expression, be it in the form of private sector capital formation or public speech during his first 10 years in power. Recently under Xi, now seemingly set to stay in power for at least another half decade, a tech-focused wave of regulation led to a massive deletion of value amongst Chinese tech companies and other industries. Amongst other issues China currently faces, there's a real estate crisis, high youth unemployment, slowing growth, issues regarding local government funding, an inflexible COVID policy that hampers both domestic life and business, and more. And that's why Chinese stocks had a bad day. European and American shares are up on hopes that the American Federal Reserve will raise rates more slowly in the future. There was some news about that last Friday, so not a surprise to see shares up this morning. Now, naturally, inflation does remain a risk, and balancing cooling prices without crushing labor is a challenge that every central bank around the world is kind of currently dealing with. So let's do an analogy. What's the Fed doing? Well, combating inflation while not killing the economy is like steering a very large, slow boat through a very narrow channel. And if you make a mistake, you can do more damage to the global economy than the Ever Given did in the Suez. And then there was crypto. Not much to report here. Crypto prices are largely unchanged in the last week, the last day, and the last hour. You can still buy Bitcoin for around $19,000 per token and ETH for around $1,300 if you prefer the Ethereum blockchain to what Bitcoin has. Anyway, something to keep an eye on is the falling number of stablecoin tokens in circulation. Stablecoins have lost tens of billions of units lately, effectively market cap given their flat token price, and I wonder how far down they can go. Speaking of things going down and staying there, well, NFT trends remain negative. This is a market that has found a new normal that is a small fraction of its prior activity. Reading the charts for the NFT market every Monday is a bit sad, frankly. Perhaps something will happen that will make that a little bit more fun. Really though, what about all those other companies that were designed to help people speculate on alternative assets? There were shoe trading companies and card trading companies and blah, 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 blah. If the NFT market is in the tubes, how are those startups doing? I should report on that. 
Next up, startups. At Disrupt last week, which I know you're probably very tired of hearing about by now, we did have our Disrupt Battlefield competition, which was lots and lots of fun. We had more companies this year, and they were all pretty amazing. So I have pulled the five finalists for you, and here they are. First up, Advanced Ionics, which is working to make hydrogen production a bit more green. Then there was AppMap, which provides a visual overview of how the code in software works. I can't really explain it better than that, but it's actually very, very cool. And I'm shocked we don't have something like this already. So loved that. And then there was Entropic Materials. I'm going to quote from TechCrunch here because I can't really improve on this. So quote, Entropic's additives make many of the most commonly used plastics biodegradable in normal commercial composting. And what you do is you take the entropic product and at the very top of the life cycle, put it into the plastics. So that way later on, they're compostable. Uh, awesome. Loved that. Then there was Minerva Lithium, which TechCrunch describes as a quote, University of North Carolina at Greensboro spinoff that has produced Nano Mosaic, a coordinated polymer framework that looks a bit like black gravel and extracts critical materials from brine in just three days. What critical materials does it extract? Well, Minerva Lithium might provide a bit of a hint, and given that lithium goes into EV batteries, well, that's a big darn deal. And then finally, Swamp Robotics, electric grass cutters to get underneath solar panels. I didn't know this was a problem, actually, but if you think about a solar farm built on grass, the grass will grow up underneath it, and then if you take a gas-powered lawnmower or weed whacker out there, one, it'll take ages, and two, you're polluting the atmosphere. So why not make electric grass cutters, pull power from the solar panels, run them underneath, and then huzzah, everyone's happy. I dig it. In the end, Minerva Lithium did win $100,000 from us for free, which I think is actually double what we used to give out, but, you know, inflation, blah, blah, blah. And they also got to win in front of the final crowd of Disrupt and got showered in enough TechCrunch colored confetti that I was actually kind of curious what fraction of our conference budget was going to go to cleanup. And I'm kidding, but like only mostly. Real talk though, I missed the entire Battlefield competition, but I am having a good time going back through our own coverage. I was holed up over at the TechCrunch Plus stage the entire time. I did get to catch the final announcement. That was cool, but I missed all the fun stuff. Anyways, shout out to our own Nisha Tombe on the TechCrunch staff for making the Battlefield 200 this year. Many more companies a reality. It was an enormous labor of love, I think really, an enormous mountain of work. And finally, Nisha, you wore an amazing pink fuchsia suit on the final day, which made my entire week. So shout out to Nisha, you're amazing. Quick hits today, I have three for your delectation. First up, there's no Instacart IPO coming this year, probably. This is news actually from the very end of last week, but we missed it. So I want to make sure that I bring it up on the show because I have talked about Instacart again and again and again and again and, uh, and no IPO. I'm very, very sad, but I can't actually blame the company given where the market is today. But it does mean that our hopes for one final banger IPO of 2022 is over. We can still dream, though, for Instacart and Reddit to go out in the first quarter of next year. But that does mean there's a chance they'll drop when I'm out on parental leave and I will be pissed if I miss them. Next up, Yatsu, co-founder at Animoca Brands Corp, said last week at Disrupt that the Sandbox Metaverse actually has around 200,000 MAUs, or monthly active users, and not the 500 DAUs, or daily active users, that were recently reported. It apparently comes down to how you count. Anyways, notably, Su was bullish in his interview on the state of crypto gaming. And here's my question. If crypto gaming is holding up better than some other bits of Web3, what else is going on? Next up, earnings. They are finally coming this week. We're going to hear today from Qualtrics, the massive company based out of Utah. And then later on this week, we're going to hear from Alphabet and Microsoft, Meta, Apple, and Amazon, among others. 
we're going to get a massive flood of data. And next week, we have even better names to hear from. We're going to hear from Uber and Airbnb and Robinhood and DoorDash and Coinbase and PayPal and Block. That means that we're going to get good notes on the enterprise software market, the consumer advertising market, state of the consumer fintech health economy, on-demand economy, and so much more. Don't forget as well that Snap did report its earnings last week and got shellacked. So for any company that doesn't measure up, expect the same. Finally, I am still parsing the impact of the Facebook Giphy decision in the UK that will lead to Facebook agreeing to the deal's unwinding, essentially the sale of Giphy, in other words. Uh, could this mean that we see less tuck-in M&A from tech giants in the future? If so, that could be bad for a startup liquidity, especially given, as we heard earlier, there's no IPOs coming. Just some good news from me to close out the day. Equity is now back on its regular schedule, barreling towards the final months of the year. Uh, it might actually be time to run a survey again and learn from you what we're doing well and what could be done better. I think we've done surveys every year for the last couple of years, but I, I can't recall if they're Q4 or Q1. Anyways, I'll talk to the team and we'll get that done in the next couple of months so we can always tune equity to be even better for your ears. But uh, as I'm still buzzing about how many of y'all showed up last Tuesday for the live show, um, I think we're doing great. Big endorsement. Never going to change. Ha ha. And that is our show for this fine, rainy and cold Monday morning. Don't forget that you can use the code equity on TechCrunch Plus to save a couple bucks and make us look like smart kids. You can follow the show on Twitter where we tweet under the handle equity pod. You can follow me. I tweet under the handle Alex because that's my name. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. Equity is back Wednesday. We're back Friday. We are back on track. Equity Mondays are hosted by myself, Editor-in-Chief of TechCrunch Plus, Alex Wilhelm. We're produced by Teresa Locansolo with editing by Kel Keller. Bryce Durbin is our illustrator, Alyssa Stringer leads audience development, and Henry Pickovet manages TechCrunch audio products. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll be back next week.